0: Behold, the genius, Lanny Popple, the world's smartest man. Sometimes what goes on behind the scenes is stronger than the soap opera on the video school.
1: Hi gang, this is Mean Gene Okerlund. Welcome to the Genius Cast with Lanny Popple and J.P. Zarka. Both, as you know, are very dear, close, personal, longtime friends ladies and gentlemen the poet and limerick writing motivational speaking brother of wwe hall of famer randy savage the genius leaping lanny poffo
0: hello again wrestling fans welcome to the final edition of the super genius cast this is the super genius and this is how we're going to bid our fond farewell JP Zarka, it's been a pleasure knowing you and working with you. And what do you have to say to the wonderful fans that have supported us?
1: I tell you what, this has been an absolute treat for me. And you know, since our last episode two weeks ago, we dropped a bit of a bombshell. You know, behind the scenes from the start, our intentions always were to put out the best wrestling podcast in regards to sound quality, content, guests, production value, etc. We also wanted to do the same with our social media accounts by making it worthwhile for our followers by sharing rare photos, videos, you name it. Anyone who's been following us on social media at The Genius Cast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram will have seen this. Now through this process, even before we hit record for the very first time back in September, you Lanny, you were always very respectful of the time I have. The podcast is great, but you need to focus on what's important, your family and your work. You would always say this to me, and you're always looking out for me in these regards,
0: and I really appreciate that more than you know. Is that supposed to be the imitation of Lanny? I tell or, or, or. you what,
1: my imitations of people are absolute shit, and they're going to live on forever.
0: <laughs> oh, man, are they ever. <laughs> okay, and you have the worst macho men uh voice i've ever heard oh it's terrible i've been embarrassed every time the best one of course is jay lethals oh you do a fantastic job as well oh yeah but i can't work like randy and 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 anywhere close and he and he started stretching the envelope as a matter of fact if you go back and look at gordon and him in the all-in uh you'll see some of the same high spots that were performed in uh in the Steamboat Savage match in WrestleMania 3.
1: That's right. That was a special night. That was really fun for our
0: fans, of course, and for you to be a part of. I heard some devastating news on the Internet. Flip Gordon hurt his knee. Did you hear this? I heard this, yeah. Apparently on a house show
1: for Ring of Honor, he injured himself, so he might be out for some time.
0: That's the trouble with these high-risk moves. You know, you can hurt yourself. And, uh, you know... You don't get do overs, do you?
1: You do not get do overs. So we wish our best over to Flip Gordon. I tell you, he's going to be the future of this
0: business. Yeah, if he if he gets his knee back in shape, you know, because a one legged Flip Gordon isn't going to cut it
1: and bring it back to things you've been very busy you know you travel from one place to the next for various projects you've been involved with from Japan to Canada to various parts of the states you name it. There were times where we had to record four or five shows in advance to ensure that we had a fantastic show lined up for our listeners even if you or I were going to be halfway around the world the week that the show dropped. All this said you turned 64 on the 28th of December and life and opportunities are not slowing down for you which is great. With that you had an epiphany. An insight on the things that you want to achieve in your life moving forward. Tell our listeners
0: a bit more about that. Well, believe it or not, you just picked the right word, epiphany. Um, I was recently, December 6th, uh, no not December, January 6th, I was in Tarpon Springs, Florida, where they have the epiphany every year. And even though I've lived in Florida since 1988, I've never gone to the epiphany. So, um, I went this year, and it was phenomenal. It was very crowded. Uh, What it is, is the Greek Orthodox Church of Tarpon Springs. They throw the cross into the water, and these boys, like teenagers, jump into the water, freezing cold, you know, I mean, for me, because I don't like uh, hyperthermia. (laughs) Okay, anyway, sometimes when it's cold, they wear wetsuits, skin-diving wetsuits, you know, but this, this year wasn't as cold. So they jump in the water and whoever gets the cross, um, nobody's jealous like in real life. Uh, they pick them up on their shoulders and they run them to the uh, Greek Orthodox Church where they celebrate. And uh, it's a big deal. And I finally got to see it. And I even put pictures on the Facebook uh, you know, of where I was. I got there early so there'd be plenty of parking. but. Uh, about what you were talking about, my epiphany, is, uh, you know, the thing is, how many wrestlers have we lost, JP? How many wrestlers have died this year? Uh, I mean, uh, this fiscal year of 12 months.
1: I mean, too many to count, and it seems almost every episode, we are bidding a memory to another fallen friend of ours.
0: Right, you know, and sometimes, you know, they're, and you know, Jake Roberts is still alive, how do you figure that? (laughs) And what I tell people is, you won't believe this, but he's younger than I am. Jake's younger than you, but definitely has a few more miles. Well, you know, that's what no drugs will do. I get to be breathing in and out. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, no drinking, no drugs. Now, when I say no drinking, I have a little wine with my meal. Come on, an italiano. Come on, what's the matter? Exactly, exactly. Not, in, not on an empty stomach. You drink with the meal. That's the secret. That way it mixes with the food you see, and then you don't get the buzz, okay? So, um, you know, I try to give a little health lecture, even though I could be dead tomorrow just like you. Nobody knows the hour or the day, but in this podcast, I've tried to preach just a little on healthy living, okay? Because, uh, you know, time and tide wait for no man. And I also believe in the bucket list. I saw the movie did you see the movie?
1: Yeah, fantastic. That was Morgan Freeman. Um, who else was in that?
0: Jack Nicholson.
1: Jack Nicholson, of course. Yeah, that was a great film. Saw it a few years ago.
0: Yes. We need to see it every so often because time is the most precious commodity. More than money, more than fame, more than anything. It's time. Time is the the sands of the hourglass. Um, and uh, mine are almost at the bottom now uh, because that's the way it is uh I'm 64 nobody's 128 I haven't met one person the liars are but uh, I haven't met a real person 128 hopefully modern science will do something about you know fake arteries you know let's keep it whatever but uh I'll raise my hand I'll I'll vote I'll say yeah give it to me baby (laughs) time's not slowing
1: down and We've got a lot of things we want to accomplish, both you and I. And we're talking on our New Year's Eve episode about our goals for the new year. And we were talking about our show. And we'd be lying if we said we didn't aspire to have the show grow even more in the weeks, months, and years to come. But as we talked about, that epiphany came. It was unexpected. And it happened to both of us on the very same day. We were talking earlier in the month. And, you know, the same thought crossed our minds, and we, we were just like, you know what, maybe it's time we hang up the headphones and put our focus on the many other important things happening in our lives right now and in the near
0: future. Being single is when you get to do anything you want every day, all the time. And that's, that's what I love, freedom. And as great as this podcast was, and I love doing it, it was encroaching on your time and on mine. Now, I did less work than you, but I have um, less patience than you also. And being 64, the sands of the hourglass are toward the bottom in my sundial. Uh, no, not the uh, hourglass. <laughs> in the hourglass. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And um, remember McDonald's carry uh, as the world turns. Um, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. My name is McDonald Carey, and this is whatever the you know, these, and these are the days of our lives, whatever. I don't want you to think that I watch soap operas. That's nah, okay. But, uh, no,
1: but I assure you, you know, it's one of those things, doing this show, us ending it is not on a sad note for either of us. We're both excited for what's to come. We're excited for what we've done, and we're ending it for all the right reasons. I know the, the fans are sad. Hey, like they got over 20, 22 hours of amazing entertainment and stories there that they can always dip in and out of for many years to come and and not only that but
0: there's so many great podcasts out there uh chris jericho um colt cabana um you know uh how many others uh countless excellent so many podcasts i mean all you have to do is search wrestling
1: on on your podcast app and you're gonna get hundreds of results and um, uh, Jim Cornette, oh, that's one of my favorites. Jim Cornette. Bruce oh, Pritchard. Yes, I mean, come on. Amazing, amazing shows out there. Matt Coon's been killing it with his podcasts, you know. And we're just happy that we were part of that game and that, you know, you a lot of you were ranking us up
0: there with the best. And so we're very grateful for that. And i like to walk in another man's moccasins. You've got a big girl and a little girl. Lena mm-hmm. is going to get your full attention now.
1: Yeah, my sweet daughter, two years old. And before starting the show with you, I knew a lot of work was going to go into running a podcast. I just didn't exactly know how much time goes into it. You know, you've got research for the shows. You got to record it, edit it, create logo artwork for each individual episodes, write descriptions, handle the social media accounts where we promote the show multiple times a day. You know, we had a YouTube channel. We had a bit of help with that. But of course, for every episode, you got to split each show into 10 or more memorable clips each week, create videos for them, post those. Not to mention, most weeks we'd be up on Reddit where you would do a weekly Ask Me Anything session where you would talk directly with the fans. You get the picture. We're talking 20 hours, actually a lot more than that, you know, week in and week out since we started, many lost evenings. And, uh, you know, we were doing that to ensure we put out the best product that we could as well as maximizing the promotion for our show to help it grow. And on top of that, not a lot of money to be made from doing a podcast. You know, this is something we learned along the way. We had some sponsors that we were very grateful for, but the money we made for this went straight towards the overhead, like equipment we use to record as well as helping people behind the scenes. That said money was never our main focus. Our main goal from the start was to get the stories of Lanny Poffo out there to the world, to make an impact on professional wrestling's history with your words, Lanny, your inspiration and your life story. And just as importantly, to honor your brother, your father, Angelo, your mother, Judy, and the Pafo family legacy. And quite honestly, Lanny, you should feel very proud. You've done just that.
0: Well, thank you very much. And my motto was, I told all the wrestlers, if you lie about my brother, I'm going to tell the truth about you.
1: And I like that because, of course, I've lost my brother, too. And anyone who's ever wronged my brother, believe me, I had a few words to share about them. And so I know exactly where you're coming from there. Absolutely. In a previous episode, you answered a fan question saying you have no interest in writing an autobiography. These 20 episodes are your life's autobiography and i forever cherish the friendships that was built with you, Lanny. The new friendships with many of you listeners as a result of the show and for having had the amazing opportunity to meet many heroes of mine in the process. Thank you all for submitting your questions, for listening each week, for following us on social media, and for spreading the word. We read each and every message sent our way, and we cannot thank you enough. Now we're going to do something different and very special to end our show's run. As you know, each week our show runs to about an hour to an hour and a half, but we didn't want to end things by doing the usual. If we're going to take a bow here. We're going to do so with a bang by putting out two versions of this episode that the fans will never forget. Now, I mentioned two versions. Of course, the version you're listening to right now is version one of our show, the edited version. In this version of the show, we give tribute to Roddy Piper. As many of you know, Lanny was the final ever guest on Roddy's podcast, Piper's Pit. And we thought it would be only fitting to have Roddy be the focus of Lanny Potho's final ever show. Now in version two, the unedited and uncut version of this episode, we throw everything out there but the kitchen sink. We include all of our unaired interviews, including new interviews recorded this week with Nora Greenwald, also known as Molly Holly. We include an interview with Michael Braun, he's the one who made the amazing outfits that Randy wore during his time in WWF. We include a fantastic interview with former wrestler Outback Jack where he pours out his heart and shares some stories about Dynamite Kid that will make your jaws drop. We also have interviews with Jason Mosier, where you talk wrestling in the Maritimes in the upcoming documentary that you are a part of. We also have got wrestling promoter Jason Ganya on the show, as well as former ICW announcer Tim Eppenstein, also known as Tim Tyler, where the two of you talk and share stories from your time in ICW. Plus, we include some extra treats that haven't been made available until now, including the very first recording Lanny and I have We're in this conversation from back in July. I made the pitch to him about doing the Genius Cast with me. And as we're making the final episode chock full of surprises, we're going to make it available in a different way. We've had a lot of people helping us behind the scenes here that we'd like to give thanks to in a monetary way as we close this store in our lives. To help with that, Browse on over to tinyurl.com slash thegeniuscast. This will lead you to a page where you can make a donation of your choice starting at $1. You can download and listen to our final episode uncut and a few hours long for less than the cost of a donut or McDonald's hash brown. You'll be giving back in a very big way by doing this. Again, the final uncut version of this episode can be found at tinyurl.com slash thegeniuscast. We'll also have a link up in the description of this show on ProWrestlingStories.com slash The as well as on our social media accounts at The Genius Cast. So, without further ado, let's go into our conversation with your friend Pete Rosen, where you two talk, share stories, and honor one of the greatest wrestlers to ever lace up a pair of boots, Roddy Roddy Piper.
0: Hello, this is Lanny Poffo and the Genius Cast. Is this Pete Rosen? I believe it is. All right. Congratulations on being a guest on the Genius Cast, and we have something in common. We have an affinity for the late Roddy Piper.
2: The greatest of all time in my personal, humble, worthless opinion.
0: Oh, I think it's worth quite a bit. And uh, I concur with you that he was something special in a world of -of run-of-the-mill.
2: He was he was definitely something special.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's explain to the fans how we first met at uh, WrestleCon in Miami.
2: It was, believe it or not, it was the second year that I had gone to WrestleMania. I've been to the last eight, and it was technically before they even had WrestleCon. This was Wrestle Reunion in Miami. It was the year of, I believe, WrestleMania twenty-nine. I believe in Miami and uh or 28 in miami that's right 27 was atlanta 28 miami 29 new york 30 new orleans uh 27 was my first and i met you in a six-man tag talked to you out in the hallway was amazed at your remarkable recuperative powers having been knocked on your head and virtually carried out of the ring yet you looked so good just a few minutes later uh got to talking to you and then found that you had written a poem for ted williams who was, of course, on my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox. And you shared that poem with me, and we got to know each other. And over the years, developed uh, a close personal friendship for which I'm very honored. And uh, through that, I was able to spend some time with the aforementioned Roddy Piper, for which I will ever be grateful to you for.
0: Well, let's relive that moment.
2: Well, basically, this was WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans the year before Randy got into the Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 31 in San Jose. And I like to say that I heard your speech, uh, your Hall of Fame speech so many times before you gave it that I could have given it. But I always consider that an honor that I was one of your sounding boards. Uh, WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, they were keeping for whatever reason, because I've been to several, and this is the only time I've seen this happen, they were keeping the fans out of the hotels where the WWE superstars were. Yet, because I was meeting you for dinner, along with a friend of mine from Amsterdam, you came and got us, and the two of us went through security along with you. We went into the WWE uh, hotel and went into the restaurant, and the only people in the restaurant were Rowdy Roddy Piper, his son Colton, and Sergeant Slaughter, along with you, my friend, and I. And after you introduced me again to Roddy Piper, who I'd met a couple times at conventions but never for very long – My friend essentially videotaped me pretty much drooling over Roddy Piper, telling him how much he meant to me and how I'd grown up watching him in Boston Garden month after month and how he was my my idol, my hero, and my all-time favorite. And he took it in in great stride, was very appreciative, uh, was very emotional with the way I was, and and I have it all in video, and it's one of the most cherished videos and moments I have for my, my fandom in wrestling.
0: Well, I met Roddy Piper in 1978 and what a fantastic guy. And, uh, I have to share with the fans of the genius cast that I learned of Roddy Piper's passing and you are the first person I called because I wanted to break the news to you. So somebody else didn't.
2: I will never forget that because I was sitting at my desk. I've, I've been a lawyer for 25 years now, almost 26 now. And, uh, was sitting at my desk I remember you called me and told me and my first reaction was uh, as the stereotypical reaction is denial and when you told me that you would not lie or kid to me about something like that using slightly different language I realized that you were serious I looked it up online because it had not broken yet but because I specifically searched for it I did find it on one website And broke down and cried at my desk for 20 minutes. This is a, you know, a a professional attorney uh, and just sat there crying at my desk. And it it was a bad day.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I wasn't very happy about it either. But I wanted to um, make sure that you were going to be all right. And um, what a nice time, Sergeant Slaughter his son Colton and Roddy Piper, and we actually shared some nice quality time together. Wasn't that great?
2: It was truly one of the most remarkable moments. Uh, you know, and I'll say this that I have, I've been fortunate uh, to meet through both fandom and getting into the business, which I guess we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, over the last several years, I've probably met about a thousand different pro wrestlers from the up-and-coming stars of tomorrow to some of the all-time legends. And I have seen some people that I've been a fan of for years, but that is probably the most uh, I've ever marked out and just completely lost all sense of you know, being who I am and just like a kid in a candy store, as I referred to it, just seeing my my all-time hero, my idol, the the one who, to me was above everybody else. You know, I've and I've told everybody, I said, you know, I'm my closest friend in pro wrestling is Lanny Poffo. And I understand that Randy Savage is one of the greatest of all time. But to me, and I had told you this, to me, Roddy Piper was number one. And that uh, above Randy, above Ric Flair, above Hulk Hogan, above everybody else, I always put Roddy Piper number one. He to me had the ultimate control over the audience. You know, no one is going to mistake Roddy Piper for Kurt Angle or Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels in the ring. But the control he had, the power he had over an audience, the best way I can describe this is when PWI, the Bill Aptor magazines, meant something. And they were truly the epitome of wrestling rankings. Rowdy Roddy Piper was the most hated wrestler of the year, two years in a row. I believe it was 85 and 86, the years of WrestleMania and WrestleMania II. Then he became a good guy, and in uh, scheduling up to WrestleMania three and he was voted the most popular wrestler of the year. So he went from most hated two years in a row to the most popular the year after that. If that does not show the absolute control of the emotions of the fans, I don't know what does.
0: I remember the war to settle the score. That's yep. what really popped everybody, and then Before of course WrestleMania one. Well, they they didn't call it WrestleMania one; they just called it WrestleMania, right? Because right. they didn't know there was going to be a two. Sure, on MTV. That's right, and Cyndi Lauper yep. and uh, the Rock and Wrestling Connection,
2: and Mr. T was in the crowd and jumped in the ring afterwards.
0: See, Roddy Piper was at the right moment in the history of wrestling, and he was there when you were there. And, you know, he touched people's lives. And, you know, people ask me, what's wrong with the wrestling today? Well, there's nothing wrong with the wrestling today. The wrestlers today are better than us. They're faster, smarter, skillful. Everybody's athletic. Everybody's raising the bar athletically. But there's one missing ingredient, and I know you're going to agree with me. There can never be another Roddy Piper, another Jim Duggan, another Macho Man Randy Savage, another Jake the Snake Roberts.
2: No, those are one of a kind, because you can't recreate the wheel. They were they were the originals. They were the ones that everyone is trying, as Captain Lil' Banner used to say, often imitated, never duplicated, Bubba. You know, they were, they were the ones that broke the barriers. They were the ones before... The absolute death of kayfabe before the internet, they were the ones that you know could surprise you. They were the ones that you were waiting to see what they were going to do next before everybody knew what everybody was going to do next. At least that's my take on it.
0: Okay, my take on it is because the writers have gotten over-involved and oh, everybody actually, looks we... like they're reading. And if yeah. they're reading, if they seem like they're reading, it's because they're reading. right. And um, you cannot take a personality like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake Roberts, My Brother the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan. These are people that have personalities. Mm-hmm. How can you have a personality if everything's cookie cookie cutter or everything is so, what do you call, um, mass produced or assembly line? You see well, what I mean? You well, know,
2: n- not only do I believe that that is absolutely true, But I will say this, and I don't want to jump ahead here, but I know for a fact from personal experience, I have probably given, I don't know, 50 to 100 promos now in in my own little career, and I've always said the absolute worst promo I ever did was the first one I ever did because that was the only one I ever did where I was basically told, all right, here, say this, 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 and this. I was given bullet points. I was told to memorize and go out there. After that, I was basically told, All right, here, go talk about this to the point where now half the time I go out there, I don't even know what I'm talking about until I'm out there and I'm asked a question and personality comes out and you can flow and go with everything, you know, and I don't know anybody who did that better than Rowdy Roddy Piper.
0: Well, there's a difference between an interview and a promo. A promo says 8 o'clock at the Civic Auditorium. I'm going to take you and I'm going to kill you or whatever you're going to do. We're not going to do anything now, but we're going to do it then. And we're going to try to sell some tickets. Now an interview is my favorite color is orange. I prefer to uh, figure skating to uh, hockey, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Okay. So in an interview, you get to know the persona. A promo, you try to inc- excite people to buy a ticket. Absolutely. And um, so, tell about your late journey into the world of professional wrestling.
2: Well, I will say this: that uh, you are my my friend, and and you had encouraged me you know, because you knew this was a dream. I said, well, you know, I'm at this point, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm not exactly in the greatest shape. Although round is a shape, uh, but you would point it out that, you know, there are other options. And as it turned out, I got to know Bert Prentice, who is a wonderful promoter in West Tennessee, uh, was involved with USWA for years and Memphis Wrestling for years. Good, close, personal friend of Jerry the King Lawlers. And I also got to know Mike Rapata, a.k.a. the Colorado Kid, who was a former two-time NWA world champion. And they had asked me after I got to know them and they got to know me a little bit if I ever had a dream in wrestling. And after I suggested something that they couldn't really do, they suggested, you know what you might be able to do, though? I bet that you'd be a good heel manager. You have the ability to make people hate you. I said, gee, thank you, I think. And it's probably because I'm from Boston and, you know, the northern attitude may may rub some people the wrong way as a for the nice southern gentleman so they said why don't you try this i'll tell you what i'm gonna let you manage a tag team just so you can see what it's like on one match i said all right i'll do it and so i managed one tag team match it was mike Rapata as the joker and anthony ingram as the riddler against lt falk and daniel leads and it was quite an education into professional wrestling I enjoyed it tremendously, and I thought, all right, that's it. I've lived my little dream. You know, I've now been on the other side of the curtain. I've been in the locker room with people like Terry Funk, who was there for that show, because if I'm not mistaken, the main event of that show was Jerry Lawler against Terry Funk. And so it was you know, pretty exciting to me. I said, all right, you know, this is great, and I'll move on. But then I got a contact, and I'm told, hey, you were a hit. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, we've gotten phone calls and messages on Facebook asking who this guy was because you were one of the highlights of the show. You were entertaining. You were funny. You were good on the mic. I'm like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Well, we want you to come back. I said, okay, I'll do it. And so now three years later, I have managed Doug Gilbert, Carlito, Katie Lee, James Ellsworth, Tommy Rich, Mike Rapata, Toby Farley. Bam Bam Bundy, Kevin Zion, Bordell Walker, Sean hoodrich Trent Taylor, the Moon Dog, Purple Hayes, the Juggernaut, Christian James, Eric Andrews, Matt Riviera, uh, the, the Misfits, Jeremy Moore. I, I've managed so many people. I've managed lt Falk. Uh, I have been managed by the genius Lanny Poffo. And on the other side of the coin. I've been hit with a steel chair by Rikishi. I've been low blowed by Brian Christopher. I've been decked by Jerry Lawler. I've been hit with Jimmy Hart's megaphone, Jim Cornette's tennis racket. I've been double shot by the Rock and Roll Express. I've been knocked out by Rob Conway, Bill Dundee, Coco Beware, the natural Chase Stevens. Doug Gilbert turned on me recently and hit me with a bat. Shane Strickland, Moose. I've been on an Impact NGW Twitch show, an NGW High Spot show, I'm the color commentator on USA Championship Wrestling, which is seen in the Jackson, Tennessee, West Tennessee, Arkansas area, and is available on YouTube every Monday. You can go to the USA Championship Wrestling page on Facebook. I've got my own fan club, the Legion of Lucky, on Facebook. I've got my own page, Lucky P. Larson, Esquire, on Facebook. I'm just amazed by all this. On January 5th, 2009, which will probably be before this airs, I'm managing Tommy Rich against Jerry Lawler. This will be maybe the 20th time I've gone up against Jerry Lawler with various talents. I'm living a dream. Every time I go out there, uh, whether I'm in front of five people or 5,000 people, it's like WrestleMania to me. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful to people like you and Burt Prentice and Mike Rapata and all those who have let me stand in their corner and let me go up against them for this opportunity.
0: And I turned heel because of you, because you why would I you want did. to be a genius when I can, when you be- can
2: be a super genius? And it was. And that is, in fact, on the YouTube channel of the Legion of Lucky. We were in the midst of a best of seven series for the USA Heavyweight Championship. At the time, I was managing the Joker and we were feuding with Kevin Zion, who has since seen the light and is now the crown jewel of the Legion of Lucky as we are now in the age of Zion and USA championship wrestling has been, at least in our minds, renamed the Kevin Zion show. And we tried to get you. We tried to recruit you on a Friday night to join the Legion of Lucky. You turned me down. I slightly went off on you. And then you had the, the nerve to deck me and that's all right. I am a forgiving man. And the next night when you were the special guest referee for one of the final matches in the best of seven series, I tossed supposedly, according to the fans, the Joker, a chain, you intercepted it. And then after Kevin Zion gave him a cutter, he had the audacity to do a pirouette in the ring, come off the top rope with an elbow and disrespect your brother. You very justly, and with all the right in the world, refused to count after such a disgusting display, and then he had the nerve to get in your face, and you did the only thing you could do, which was deck him with the chain you still had in your hand. The Joker managed, with my encouragement, to cover Kevin Zine for a quick one, two, three, and then you put on the Lucky P-shirt and joined the Legion of Lucky, and you can see all that on YouTube. Well, I just want to say something and
0: take it any way you want, Okay. There's a reason that I bounced my Hall of Fame speech off of you particularly. And the reason is because I respect your opinion. And I consider you the best kept secret in wrestling that you are probably the greatest promo I've heard in years. And I I will not be satisfied until I watched WWE and you're on there getting heat for some guy that can't talk.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I I like to say to people that I heard Lanny Poffo's Hall of Fame speech so many times before he gave it that I could have given it. And I always considered that a great honor.
0: And, you know, we had to adjust it a little bit because little this, bit. Is, this is not going to be like uh, extemporaneous speaking like we're doing now. No. Okay, this is very important and words matter. And I didn't think it was a Hall of Fame induction. I thought it was a eulogy to my brother. And I wanted the people to know that Randy... Don't think of him as just a great man. He was a good man too. And that's what I wanted. That's the point that I wanted to bring. And that's why I bounced it off of you so many times because you are a very willing accomplice and you knew that my heart was in the right direction. Now, one of the things that's going to make you a success. Do you remember Paul Bearer? He's like the only guy that had a gimmick just like his real life he was an actual undertaker
2: ooh yes yeah. i remember and, him
0: and you're a real lawyer so when you call yourself lucky p larson esquire that's real and you know what the fans they understand reality it's uh we've always looking we're always looking for authenticity in our business and a lawyer that becomes a manager is got to be a fantastic thing
2: It's quite humorous, actually, because my Legion of Lucky, as my fans are called, uh, they surround ringside at the matches that that I handle around here. And when they introduce me and whoever I'm managing, they will say, accompanied to the ring by the manager to the stars, Lucky P. Larson, all my fans in the front row scream out Esquire and drown out the ring announcer. It's, It's quite humorous. I always get a kick out of it.
0: Now, here's what I have to say to people that criticize Roddy Piper because he wasn't really a Scot; He was a Canadian. And here's the authenticity about Piper.
2: And when you're done with this, that's going to lead me into a story that I promised somebody I would tell. Okay. Say no more.
0: Um, we, we, you know, We work loose here. Okay. So here's the deal. Roddy Piper was voted number five in the world in bagpipes. And to hear him say it, how many things have you been number five in, in the world? You see, so he was legitimate bagpipe player. And uh, he also was really great at the piano, the harmonica. And, uh, you know, he was a brilliant musician. And, you know, he, he came to this world to chew bubble gum and kick ass.
2: And he's all out of bubblegum.
0: There you go. And you I know will what? say
2: this: That's actually the one negative that I have to say about him. And I told him this, and he admitted it and acknowledged it. I was so excited when I found all out of bubblegum, bubblegum soda from the promoting They Live. Because They Live is a great movie and, you know, very quotable. And I remember, you know, standing up rooting for him during the fight. But the soda is awful, <laughs> And I told him that, and he agreed with me. He said, I know, but you got to chill it for a while. Then it's not as bad. So I, I bought two bottles when I found it, one to try and one to leave unopened sitting on my desk. So that's my little aside there. But anyway.
0: Still, you know, if the price is right, you'll be there tonight. And if they offer you a snack food. You're not going to give it the taste test before you accept the money, right?
2: Hey, you know what? As as I have said, if I could make a living in professional wrestling, I would quit being a lawyer in a second. And I've been a lawyer for 25 years. I've represented people from one end of the state of Tennessee to the other. And the problem is I love professional wrestling so much that I would work for free if I could. Uh, You know, so... That that probably hampers my chances of making a career out of it, but you know, I, and when people ask me, do I get paid? I always tell them more than you realize, because I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. But I will say this recently I was at the battle of the border. I was managing Bam Bam Bundy and we went up against a couple different people and one of the highlights for me to do these shows is the people I'm in the locker room with and getting to talk to them because some of them I've met before as a fan and now I'm meeting them again. I would never say as a peer or an equal because I'm, I don't believe I am. What I like to refer to myself as is an outsider on the inside. And I'm very honored and privileged to be on the inside now. This last weekend, Angelina Love was in the locker room. Adam Rose was in the locker room and Highlander, Rory McAllister was in the locker room. And I will say this I actually met Adam Rose at the after party at WrestleMania in San Jose, where I was honored to be your guest after uh, Randy had been entered into the Hall of Fame. So I got to meet him again, and, and it was a different sort of a different level. It was very interesting to talk to him. But I was talking to Rory McAllister, who was one of the Highlanders uh, in WWE a few years ago. And he was telling me a story as the two of us got to talking. And we were talking about Roddy Piper, as usually is the case when I talk to someone in wrestling. And, of course, because as you brought up, even though his persona was Scottish, Roddy Piper was Canadian. Drew McIntyre is a very successful Scottish wrestler in the WWE right now. But the first signed Scottish wrestler in the WWE to make it to the main level was, in fact, Rory McAllister and they were in an eight man tag he was telling me about in Scotland where it was the Highlanders Rory and Robbie McAllister, teaming with Roddy Piper and Rick Flair against the four members of the Spirit Squad one of course of of course who uh, ended up being Dolph Ziggler and in the back they were talking about the match and uh, Rick Flair was saying what he wanted to do and Roddy Piper cut him off and said Rick this is not about you tonight or about me. This is about them. This is about him pointing to Rory as the first Scottish wrestler wrestling for the WWE in Scotland and gave him a Scottish flag when they went out there. And he was overwhelmed by it all. Uh, The whole, the whole concept just really meant a lot to him. And, He still carries to the to the ring. In fact, he gave it to me to take a picture with the kilt that Ric Flair wore for that match that Roddy Piper had given him to wear. So, and I told him that I was going to be doing this with you, and I asked if I could tell that story, and he said I could. So I am. You know, everybody I've met in the business or fandom, they all just think so highly of Roddy Piper. I'd
0: say about four months ago, I was in Dundee, Scotland. And um, I flew into Edinburgh, and um, took the took the ride to Dundee, and th- I remember there was a big protest, like a hundred thousand people blocking our way into the building, because they wanted to leave the UK. Scotland is angry; they want to get out, and uh, you know wherever you got any, you know I guess they saw the uh, Braveheart too often, you know right. I am William Wallace. So anyway, um, I had a chance to do a meet and greet with the fans. And, you know, I like to, I don't like to just sign the autograph and tell them to buzz off. I like to talk to the people because that's what I do. And you wouldn't believe it. Everybody still has an affinity in their heart for Roddy Piper. Uh, he's like I say, he is a Canadian, but no, he isn't adopted into their hearts. He is a true Scott. And um, like I say, fifth in the world in bagpipes. And that's incredible. And I've, listen, I know that Piper has, Piper is special. That's why he worked his way into your heart. That's why you can't forget him. That's why nobody can. He was a great movie star. He was a great wrestler. He had the world in the palm of his hand. But you know something? he's still alive because of people like you and people like me that loved him and remembered him. And I'll never forget what he did for me. I mean, outside of the members of my own family, this guy went out of his way to help me. And I've heard this story. Yeah. Many, many times. And I'll tell it many, many times. He tried to get me in Los Angeles to wrestle against the Guerreros. He thought, and I was on the phone with the promoter, You know, uh, Gene LaBelle, Mike LaBelle, I talked to everybody and they were, and you know what, you know what the LaBelle's told me? They said, Lanny, Roddy Piper is like a son to me. And if he says you've got what it takes, then by God, we're going to bring you in here and give you every opportunity to get over. And, you know, I, okay, I didn't get to go. I had to do a few other things. And, you know, sometimes um, you're at the fork of the road and you have to make a decision and I decided to go with my family. And guess what? It all worked out for me anyway. And you know what? Roddy Piper, I miss him so much, and I know you do too. And thank you for being on the Genius Cast. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the people?
2: Well, I'll just say one other thing about Roddy Piper, that even when he was wearing a a shirt that said villain, I saw him get on his knees at conventions and talked to children who probably didn't even know who he was, given their age. But just the warmth in his eyes and the embrace of these children, you know the people that did know him, the people that didn't know him, you know, I, I had met him a couple times before I got to meet him again with you, but they weren't that long. And I got to meet him a couple times afterwards. And he remembered me, and it just it was so meaningful. and to see the way he interacted with the public. I remember that the very first time I ever met him was at a WrestleMania access. And I was in line for the legends table. Didn't even know who was there. And then when I heard that they were switching out the legends and that he was going to be in the next group, I let everybody go by me because I wanted to meet him and I could barely talk the first time I ever met him. And he told me, I'll never forget it. He said, when this is done, wait around a few minutes and I'll talk to you. And the guy I was with, my friend Jared told me, he said, said, he can see the difference between a fan and someone who truly, truly cares. And there are so many people who, you know, are fans of wrestling, fans of him, and then there are those people that just put him on another level. And he could tell when he met one of them. he He just he had that ability, he understood the audience, and I you know he, like I said earlier. As much as I'm your friend and I understand Randy was your brother, to me, Roddy Piper will always be number one above everybody else. And everybody else can battle for number two. So I, I love the opportunity to talk about him. He's one of, if not the main person that I try to emulate when I talk. And when I'm on commentary, I sort of try to channel Bobby Heenan. When I'm talking, I try to think of what he would say, what he would do, how he would handle it. I'm thrilled for the opportunity to be involved in this wonderful business for the people I've met, for the friendships I've made, you know, USA Championship Wrestling and Bert Prentice for the opportunity they've given me, the Legion of Lucky, my fan club, Lucky P. Larson Esquire, the Legion of Lucky on YouTube. It, we're all over if you look for us. If you want to find us, you can find us. And I'm eternally grateful for the friendship I have with you, Lanny. Wow, that's
0: great. And I wanted to say one thing, and I want you to... Keep it in your briefcase, okay? Absolutely. Piper and my brother had one thing in common when they did their interviews. And you know what that was? Neither man was ever satisfied with any interview that they gave. I remember you telling me that. Yes, and uh, my brother took it to extremes. He was also never satisfied with any match that he had. And he was never satisfied with any costume that he had. And he had a lot of costumes. So he was always trying to get a better costume, a better interview, and a better match. And people say that's OCD, or they may knock him for it. But look at the fans. They're the ones that profited from this. Now, Roddy Piper, he could think on his feet. But he also also prepared for every interview. He also took the whole thing seriously. Because he understood that this is how this is how you get fans like Lucky P. Larson, Esquire. This is why he made a few interviews and had a few matches back in Boston when you were a vulnerable young man, and he worked his way into your heart, and you will never forget him, ever, ever, ever.
2: I went every month with my dad to Boston Garden before before it was all pay per views and network TV and and the internet. I'd go every month in Boston Garden to see what would happen next and who would be up against next. And they'd announce the card for the next month. Howard Finkel would always announce who was coming next month. And I was one of the few people there that would always cheer Roddy Piper when the whole place was booing him. So I, even back then I, I knew there was something different.
0: They tore down Boston Garden, but they'll never tear Roddy Piper out of your heart or mine.
2: That's right. It's now the fleet center or the TD North garden as it is now. But yeah, you're right.
0: Anyway, uh, is there anything at all that you would like to say before you go?
2: Just just for the record, although I have put over Roddy Piper as my favorite wrestler of all time, in all fairness to the genius, I still say the greatest match of all time was your brother and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three, And I said that long before I met you, so there's no bias involved there. Well, I'll tell you what.
0: My opinion is that the greatest match ever hasn't been wrestled yet. And I challenge all the fans and all the wrestlers that are listening to this podcast. Get busy and do what's right. Keep raising the bar because this business is evolving. And if you do not uh, change with the times, you're going to you're going to starve to death. Okay, it's that's the way it is. And it's very important. And just because, uh, you know, I've reached the age of 64 doesn't mean that the good times are gone, okay? The the best times are ahead. And uh, thank you, Pete Rosen. Thank you so much. And how can people get a hold of you on uh, social media or whatever?
2: Well, you can easily get on Lucky P. Larson, Esquire, Manager to the Stars. In fact, all you got to do is search Lucky P. Larson on Facebook. You'll find my page, The Legion of Lucky, you can search them. That'll pull up. USA Championship Wrestling, that pulls up. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. You can go to YouTube and find the Legion of Lucky YouTube channel. We are all over, and I'm involved in all of it. All of it's been created by a couple very loyal fans of mine. I, you know, And I've said, I do not understand why I have such a cult following, but I'm very grateful for it. And it grows and grows, and it just blows me away. I'm eternally grateful to everybody. Uh, and I'm eternally grateful to you, Lanny. You've been, you've been there with me every step of the way on this journey and giving me advice and letting me give you uh, some ideas. And you've been my sounding board as well on a lot of things I've done and getting to work with you a couple times was an honor and getting to be on your podcast is an honor as well. I hope being on
0: the genius cast catapults your career into unmeasured success. And, uh, Thank you so much. And C fans, this is a strange podcast. You know, look at the, we get the stars and we get the fans. The fans are the stars. And here's a man who later in life became one of the greatest managers of all time. And you watch. WWE is going to get you, Lucky P. Larson. Probably change your gimmick all over. You see well, what that's I mean? Probably true.
2: But hey, as I like to say, from your mouth to God's ears and fans. If you shut up, you might learn something. And just when you
0: learn the answers, we change the questions.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: anyway, thank you, Pete. Somebody said that once. I think I'm pretty sure I stole it. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. Absolutely. Thank
0: you, Pete. You have a beautiful day. And uh, thanks for being a great guest on the Genius Cast.
1: Such great stories shared between you and Pete there. Just an absolute loss to the wrestling community and those who knew him.
0: That's right. Uh, And it made me very happy that I was able to be with Pete Rosen in New Orleans. And uh, we walk into the room. And he had a friend with him, uh, who was from the Netherlands. And, uh, I don't know if it's Amsterdam, Rottingham, I I don't remember, uh, but he was Dutch and, uh, Holland, you know, there's a guy about six names for that country. (laughs) So anyway, pizza accomplished a lot in his life. He's a, he's a lawyer and now he's a wrestling manager and he's going to become one of the greatest, uh, interviews in the business. And, um, so much so that I respected his opinion enough that I bounced the Hall of Fame speech for my brother off of him many, many times, and he would give me constructive constructive criticism because you only get one take with the Hall of Fame speech.
1: What a good friend he is of you and just really good guest to have on our show.
0: Yes, and we're going to be friends from now on, but I'm glad that he finally got on the Genius Cast And uh, he got to talk about what he loves the most in life, his friendship with Rowdy Roddy Piper.
1: Well, Lanny, we've come to that time in our journey where we have to bid farewell to our show. Before we sign off for the last time, I want to give some thanks back to many of the people who helped us behind the scenes. Of course, Lanny and I couldn't do this alone. And so we're going to start off with the first thing you hear on our show, which is our introduction. The person who helped us with the voice for that. You know, he's got that wonderful radio voice. That was Bo Becraft. Now, he's out of Iowa. He met you, Lanny, a couple months ago, I believe, or maybe a year ago. Anyway, a lovely person, he reached out to us when we first started this show, and he said he'd like to help in any way. And so he's the one who did our intros and outros, and his voice is what set the tone for our podcast. And we thank you very much for your contributions with that. We want to thank Kevin Meeker. He's the one who did all of our logos. He's the one who created the actual logo you see that pops up on your podcast apps with a picture of the genius there and really talented. He's amazing. Thank you for everything. He does a lot of my logos over at ProWrestlingStories.com and he's been a huge part of that for the last few years. So thank you, Kevin. We've got Joe Stasi from the ICW's Facebook page. Now, he has been such a valuable asset to us because he's been the one bringing in all those rare photos and videos that you see shared on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. And through him, we were able to garner a lot of interest because people share the photos that he was putting up there. And of course, we got a lot of likes and follows from that. And Joe, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've done. Another thank you needs to go to Ted Gilmer, who allowed me to use a lot of his photos too to share, so thank you. I'd like to thank Corey Riverd. He's the one who was doing our YouTube page, and I have to admit, I was overwhelmed when it came to handling the YouTube side of things because making clips from each episode and uploading them, making cover art for them, coming up with descriptions. That's like a full-time job in itself. And he put tons of hours into this. And I cannot thank him enough. Thank you, Corey, out of Winnipeg. Such a good guy. We just want to give him a bit of thank you for giving time out of their busy lives to help make this show a success. And last but not least, I want to thank the guests that we've had on our show. We have been blessed to have so many names in the business. Let's go back to the start. We had B. Brian Blair. What an interview he gave us. Fred Ottman, AKA Tugboat, Typhoon, and the Shockmaster. He had a wonderful interview for us. Very heartwarming and a lot of people enjoyed that. Sean Oliver of K-Fape Commentaries, what a treat. His name alone has brought in a lot of subscribers on YouTube, so we thank you for that. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. What a wonderful person, good-hearted, just an amazing wrestler. He had some hard times recently with his health. Everything's looking up now, and thank you so much for being a part of our journey. We had Kevin Kelly, as well as Eugene, Nick Dinsmore. Nick has been just plugging our show on his social media since the beginning. He's been a big fan, and we're a big fan of him, so thank you for that. Hustler Rip Rogers, man, did he bring a good interview. Great stories about your time at ICW. What a wonderful listen. Evan Ginsberg, now he was the associate producer of The Wrestler in 350 Days, and without him, without being friends with Evan, I never would have met you, Lanny, so Evan, we owe it all to you. Double J Jeff Jarrett, such a good interview, I was a fan of his when I was a kid, I'm a fan of his now, what an interview he gave me, and a lot of great stories there. We had the Shakespeare of WWE, author Keith Elliott Greenberg, where you guys shared memories of Freddie Blassie. That was such a great interview in fact, one of the best. That was chock full of stories there. Definitely check out that show if you haven't already. Sean X-Pac Waltzman. A treat for me again. Somebody I was a huge fan of when I was a kid. I was always rooting for the 123 kid when I was like 10 or 11 years old. I'm 35 now. So of course he was there in my life when I was a kid and you know I got to see his career blossom and boy did he become one of the best. Bill Apter one of the greatest in wrestling with his photographs and his words. And that was one of those shows where we really got to hear a lot of stories that wasn't necessarily wrestling related, but it opened up our eyes to a lot of the arts and music that maybe a lot of us don't listen to. And that was a fun listen. Terry Funk, who gave us some time a couple weeks ago, man, he had a lot of great stories. You know, he's not in the best of health and he's an absolute legend in this business. Hotshot Danny Duggan, promoter out of Canada, boy did he have a lot of great stories to share, as well as he's the one who had issues with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and he opened up his heart about that, and you know he did so eloquently, and I think he gained a lot of fans along the way. Alicia Toot, boy is her star on the rise. She gave a wonderful interview with Lanny a couple weeks back, and I think she stole the hearts of many. And last but not least, we want to thank Mean Gene Okerlund, He borrowed his voice to us to use at the start of our show. He gave you a lot of time for an interview, which unfortunately we weren't able to record. But just a legend. Our hearts are broken with his loss. And without all of these people who helped us, all of our interviews, all of our friends behind the scenes, all of you listeners, this show wouldn't have been anything. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts.
0: I have a special song that meant a lot to me because Mrs. Fisher in the eighth grade was my Spanish teacher and she was a great singer. On Fridays, we didn't do the lessons. We did a fiesta. She would cook and it was comida. She would the food. She bring in the food. She would point to the map because Spanish is spoken in many countries. And then we would uh, sing a song and she would. This is in the days of mimeograph where you could get a buzz by smelling the paper. Okay. And uh, it would be the English version, the paraphrase, uh, the, uh, the Spanish version and the, paraf- the paraphrased, per- uh, paraphrased version. Mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes, you know, but I want to say, vaya con Dios, my darling, vaya con Dios, my love. And that means go with God.
1: Thank you for sharing your talents with the world, Lanny, especially on this show. I know many people are going to look back and smile and learn from and hopefully be inspired by you.
0: Well, I appreciate all the work you did. But remember, you can leave the big girl and she can leave you, but you can never leave the small girl. Lena deserves all your attention. And trust me, I know you got to do it.
1: That's right, and all the attention in the world is going to be going to them once we sign off, and for those not ready to say goodbye just yet, you can gain access to the uncut version of this episode where you'll get a few more hours of entertainment. Again, you can access this at tinyurl.com thegeniuscast. You can continue to follow my work weekly at prowrestlingstories.com, and you can also check out my music as well up on YouTube by searching Sterling Avenue, that's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G Avenue, which is my band. Or you can search my name, J.P. Zarka, where you can hear a lot of my covers up there. Lanny, tell the fans where
0: people can find you. Oh, you can find me uh, going to Comic-Cons with Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just you know. <laughs> so anyway, I want to say something. Um, I want to write a poem. Uh, I'm going to recite a poem for Evan Ginsberg Uh, He's done a lot of great things for me, but not the least of which introducing me to you. And it goes, I've searched for the definition of a little word called friend and looked all through the dictionary where the F's begin and end. I agree with Noah Webster in all that he has to say, but this is how I'd put it if ever I had my way. A friend is a God-given blessing as rare as a precious stone who loves you, not for your riches, but just for yourself alone. He's the one who shares in your laughter and in sadness spurs you on. He's the guy who'd stick like plaster when the rest have turned and gone. He'll give you faith when it's lacking and the courage to forge ahead and a reason to go on living when sometimes you wish you were dead. Your acquaintances may be many as you near life's journey's end, but oh, it's a paltry number who could stand the test of a friend. And since I have no gold to give, it's love alone must make amends. And all I ask is while I live, God, make me worthy of my friends. To Evan Ginsburg, to J.P. Zarka, thank you for being my friends and I will do everything I can to be yours.
1: You got a friend for life, Lanny. Thank you for everything. And oh, it's sad to say goodbye to this, but I'm excited to see where the future takes us both. And I'm going to end this show with a recording of me playing a song I wrote called Hope for Tomorrow. This is not a goodbye, but a see you later. So long for now, and we'll catch you someplace down the road. Ooh, yeah. Listening to the Genius Cast with Lanny Poffo. This has been a ProWrestlingStories.com production. Find them on social media at the Genius Cast, at Lanny Poffo,
2: or at JP Zarka. Until next time.